What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Shoot in the Shop podcast. It's been a while. It has been. But, I mean, the NBA is slowing down a little bit. Not too much, you know. It's hitting that time where teams are, you know, getting their getting their stuff together, preparing for the playoff push, and seeing what they can do. So it's past the trade deadline, everything's happened, we've talked about that, so teams are settling down, not much happening. So reached uh, reached out to you guys on my Instagram, at shooting the shot, make sure to follow me if you're not, um, and asked you guys what you wanted to hear me talk about this episode. So I had one request about Bull Bull's potential, um, so let's touch on that real quick, Bull Bull, 7-2. 220 pounds. Yes, you heard that right. Seven foot two, 220 pounds. He's got a, a slim reaper kind of build. A young Kevin Durant look to him. A little bit taller. Not as skillful, but plays a little more defense than young KD. His potential, I'm not sure. I'm 50-50 because, if you don't know, he plays for the Denver Nuggets. Doesn't get a lot of minutes, plays a lot of garbage time, but he's a center, you know, so it's 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 tough to tell. He's he, he's a pretty good defender, I would say, from what I've watched, highlights I've seen, but he's mostly an offensive kind of guy, kind of like Jokic, except the complete opposite body build than Jokic. I don't know if I'm having Bull Bull out on the court. I'm looking for points, right? I'm not looking for defense. You can't tell me that your team would benefit from having Bull Bull run center playing against Joel Embiid. Okay, he would dominate Bull Bull. Yes, obviously, I guess it's not really a fair comparison because Joel Embiid is MVP candidate, my MVP pick for this year. But you know what I mean, right? A big center will bully Bull Bull in the post, but on offense, Bull Bull will bully a bigger, slower defender. He can shoot the ball really well. He can shoot the three. He has pretty good handles. So he's got a lot of potential there. I think that he's got to put on some pounds, obviously. It's only his second year in the league, so he's got time to develop that weight, develop his skills, and maybe get a little more post-game going for him. But other than that, if he adds those things, adds a post-game, adds some weight, I think he's got some pretty crazy potential. He's like a Kristaps slash KD, you know? That's, uh, that's how I see him. Pretty good. I think his potential is very good. Maybe it's not with the Denver Nuggets, but if I'm the Nuggets, I'm wanting to hold on to Bull Bull. If I'm looking to trade, I'm looking to trade high, trade valuable. You know, this is a guy that has some value to him because he has a very, very large upside. Moving on from that, let's talk about some young guys really quick. Kevin Porter Jr., he's been balling on the Houston Rockets. Just kind of want to touch base on that. If you like watching young players, Kevin Porter Jr., Houston Rockets, he's having his time to shine. That team is full of 
kind of contract players, you know. They're, they're good, obviously. They made it to the NBA. They made it this far. They're amazing players. But in the NBA, they're a little bit below average, the average skill in the NBA. So he's having his chance to stand out and be the player he really can. Other young guys, uh, Lonzo Ball, he's been playing crazy lately. You know, he stepped it up so much after this trade deadline and even before. I saw somewhere that he has 122 three-pointers made this season. That is crazy. Why? Because we don't know Lonzo Ball as a shooter. We don't give him credit as a shooter. When, we, when we're shooting half courts in the gym, when we're pulling up from deep beyond the three-point line, we're not going, oh, that looked like Lonzo last night. No, we're not doing that. We're saying that looks like Steph Curry. That looks like Trey Young. Oh, you look like Harden. Bradley Beal. Well, guess what? Lonzo Ball has made more three-pointers this season so far than James Harden, than Trey Young, and Bradley Beal. Yeah, crazy, I know. And I feel bad because we don't give Lonzo credit for his shooting. We don't think he's a shooter, but look at how he's shooting. And he's not shooting a crappy percentage from three. He's effective. He's efficient from the three-point line. He's really stepped up his game, and he's proven everyone wrong, and you love to see it when a young guy does that. Now let's get off of Lonzo, and let's get on to LaMelo Ball, personally my rookie of the year, but it's a tough one. It's kind of like that Ja Morant Zion, where last year Zion, you know, kind of had the better stats, but barely played, whereas Ja Morant essentially played the whole season, was a big part of that team's success so he was the rookie of the year if Zion would have played the way he was playing but all year it would have gone to Zion but that's not how things went so Lonzo Ball or I mean wow my bad LaMelo Ball if he continued to play the way he was playing 100% he is rookie of the year I think he put the Charlotte Hornets almost in solid playoff talks definitely I think if he's still there they're 100% making it into the playoffs, but now that he's gone, oh, maybe for the season, you hate to see it. Gordon Hayward is currently injured, so I don't know how well this Hawks or Hornets team is going to do this uh, this run to the May 18th play-in games. So that's that. The May 18th play-in games are happening soon, and I don't know what to see. I, I don't know what to expect. I think there's a lot of teams that can shock us this year if we're watching and a team will perform way better than we thought. Now still talking about LaMelo. I've recently just purchased a LaMelo Ball rookie card. Also along with that I had a hollow Zion Williamson rookie card and Jordan Poole rookie card jersey patch out of 200 and a Jordan Poole jersey patch game worn jersey and there's only 99 of them and I have one of them so I've I've been kind of getting into this the the basketball card game it's a deadly game you know I'm a cheap guy I don't like spending money so when I have a hobby involved that you need to spend money it's tough it is tough. I hate pulling the trigger and getting something nice. That's a lot of money. So it's tough. I'm um, not going to say how much I 
spent on them. Nothing crazy, nothing unreasonable if you know your cards. But obviously, if you don't know cards, you'd probably be like, you paid what for a card? So anyway, long story short, the basketball card industry and just card industry in general with Pokemon has just been booming these past like year, two years maybe. I think it must be due to COVID, something about it. But I remember, I think it was, yeah, it would have been two years ago, year and a half. I bought a pack of basketball cards at Walmart for around 35, 40 bucks. I got 88 cards. And on average, there's one card that is either autographed or has a jersey patch. It's pretty cool. You know, I get 88 cards, cost me around $40 nothing of it um my first box i had a rookie zion card tyler hero um you know i thought it was pretty cool didn't think much of it during christmas christmas comes up parents get me one get me another box um because i just love basketball love basketball cards love collecting stuff and that next box get another zion rookie card john morant i'm like wow Okay, this is pretty cool. Don't don't think much of it. And I look now, looking them up, what a rookie Zion card goes for. A rookie LaMelo ball before being PSA graded. You know, not not too much, but I was like, oh wow, these cards actually kind of have some value to them. Now, to get max value out of your card, you have to get them graded. A lot of people do PSA grading. And what this is, is someone, you send them your card, a professional sits down with your card, and they go through a checklist. Does your card meet this requirement? This, 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 and that. Essentially, if it gets PSA graded and it gets a a grade 10, 10 out of 10, that means there is literally nothing wrong with the card, condition-wise, print-wise. It's a perfect card. Not scratched not aged there's no wear and tear it's a perfect card everything was printed exactly in the middle it lines up perfect there's no misprints no ink spills anything like that it is a perfect card and the value can go from a $50 card and if you get a PSA grade 10 back it can go to like 300 so it's pretty crazy what this market has come Good and bad, you know, if uh, I can't walk to Walmart or drive to Walmart and pick up that same box that I just bought for $40 anymore because the market is crazy. So people are buying the boxes and then selling them for double, you know. So obviously for me, I've been able to look into it and kind of research everything that's going on and why everything is so so expensive. But If I was a little kid, like in elementary school, and I just want some basketball cards, I can no longer just have basketball cards for fun, you know, without breaking the bank or having my parents, uh, if, you know, if I'm in grade school, Christmas comes, oh, mom, I want these basketball cards, you know, oh, well, she can't find them in stores, she has to buy them off Kijiji for $80 when they were 35, 40 bucks, you know, it sucks, but so I've and basketball cards, you know, they've never been easy to come by. When you're at Walmart, you look and you always see hockey cards, baseball cards, never basketball though. So I was happy um I could finally get some basketball cards and now 
I no longer can without having to actually put money into it. It's almost like an investment sometimes. It's a gamble too. You know, some boxes have high risk, um, high reward to them. You could buy them for $500 and if you pull one certain card, you can maybe make a thousand off of it or you spend $500 and maybe get back 50, a hundred bucks. So that sucks. But yeah, I just kind of want to let you know that I'm getting into this card thing, basketball cards. So if you have any basketball cards um, and you don't want them, you're kind of just sitting around, reach out, feel free. I'll, uh, I'll take a look at them, see if I want them. Probably will. But yeah, that's that. Moving on from that. Speaking of talking about young guys, valuable guys, let's talk about Luca, what happened to him. Someone asked me, let's talk about what happened with Luca and the technical foul. So if you don't know what a technical foul is, it's someone, I think, in the NBA, I don't have an exact definition, but it's a non-physical foul, but you are uh, breaking some sort of rules within the NBA. So normally, or within the, the rule book, uh, D3, technical foul, Division three high school basketball, you can get rewarded a uh, technical foul for talking to the ref, uh, rudely or talking to another an opposing player rudely and in, using inappropriate language that kind of stuff you get a technical foul you know you're going too far and they're like you know what that's pretty bad I'll give you a technical foul it's, it's kind of a big deal if you get two technical fouls in a game you get ejected from the game and if you get 15 technical fouls in a season in the NBA you have to sit out a game so that sucks. That's tough. But when I tell you Luca got a technical foul, you're probably interested on in what he did. And I'll tell you, he said, and one. Yeah, you heard that right. He went to the basket, drove, someone bumped him. There was no foul call. He made the layup, sat there, or stood there, and yelled, and one. Like every basketball player does when he gets touched or looked at when going to the rim. You know, it's a basketball thing. We yell and one. It's a ego booster. It gives you that confidence. You just feel good, you know. But, yeah, they gave him a technical foul for that. And this is why a lot of people are complaining about the refs. A lot of people are saying, oh, this league is so soft. But it's not the league. It's the refs that make the league soft. You can't dunk on someone and stare them down that's a technical foul now like come on as a fan i want to see that i want to see someone get dunked on and they're just laying on the ground and someone's standing over them looking at them and like yeah i just did that to you son sorry you know that's cool that makes the game exciting it makes it fun to watch it's interesting but no technical fouls so everyone has to just Kind of mind their business. Don't say anything. Don't do anything or you'll get a technical foul. Another thing about the refs I want to touch base on is this this challenge rule that there is. If you follow football, there's a challenge flag you can throw. When you think the refs made a wrong call, you challenge it. They have to go review it. And if the refs made the wrong call, then you get another challenge from that. No, so you can call them out again. But if you get the challenge wrong and the refs did actually make the right call, you have to take a timeout. I'm pretty sure that that's what happens in football. I know in the NBA, 
if you lose the challenge, your team has to take a timeout, so now you lose a timeout. But in football, like I said, when you challenge the refs and say, hey, you want to relook that? I think you made the wrong call. And they did make the wrong call. You get to call them out again. But in the NBA, you don't get to call them out again, even if you were right. Which is so stupid. I hate that. There is no reward for challenging. Besides, you don't get penalized where you, if you do get the challenge wrong, you have to take a timeout. Understandable. But then you're not really rewarded if you get it right. So that sucks. I don't like that. I hope that gets changed at some point. I think it might. But moving on from refs, how people aren't enjoying that and how they're kind of changing the game of basketball. Speaking of that, let's move on to playoffs. Some playoff pushes that um, I I kind of see happening. You know, there's, there's a lot of teams that are close. They're all neck and neck, and there's still decent amount of games to be played before we hit that May 18th mark. But in the Eastern Conference, um, 100% locked, personally. I got the Brooklyn Nets, uh, 76ers, Milwaukee Bucks, and the Miami Heat. Now, if you're not following um, too much, in the Eastern Conference, the Atlanta Hawks are number four. And personally, I was shocked that the Atlanta Hawks are in fourth and I went, what? You serious? But yeah, they are. I don't know. Maybe they'll continue to play the way they're playing and they make that playoff. Do I think the Hornets right now, they're in sixth? Do I think they're going to fall out? I personally think they will. I think Boston is going to jump up. New York is going to jump up. Indiana, I don't know. With injuries and Chicago Bulls, I would love to see them make a playoff push. Same with the Raptors, but at the same time, I don't. I wasn't a fan of what they did. I mean, I think Gary Trent Jr. is playing very well. And I think both teams made out really nice with that Gary Trent Jr. and Norman Powell trade. But I don't know. Toronto, I'm sorry, but I think something else needs to happen. But who knows? Moving on in the Western Conference, Utah Jazz, I definitely have them as a lock. Phoenix Suns, I guess, yeah, sure, they're a lock. Clippers locked, uh, Denver locked, Lakers locked. Even with LeBron, Anthony Davis out, um, the Lakers are one of the best teams in the league. Yes, so especially now that they added Drummond, you can have LeBron sit and Anthony Davis sit, and they still have one of the better teams in the league. Obviously not the dominant Lakers that they are with uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis playing, but they're still a very all-around solid team and one of the best put-together teams in the NBA. Now, speaking of that, let's talk about the Brooklyn Nets a little bit. A lot of people are kind of hating on the Nets, kind of making fun of them, like, wow, you need all of this to win a championship. You have to go and get Blake Griffin... And LaMarcus Aldridge, you're really adding those two guys to your roster? You need to do that to win? Wow, that's just so unfair. Can we stop that, please? Please? It's Blake Griffin. Last year, if I heard Blake Griffin was going to my favorite team, I would have been like, okay, and? You know, he's not going to make or break your team. He's not going to make you a lot better. I mean, he's not going to make you worse. But picking up Blake Griffin isn't anything crazy. 
LaMarcus Aldridge, again, not going to make or break a team. Now, mind you, I think he's going to fit in well with the Nets, and I think that that's actually a good pickup for them. But again, okay, if you heard that the Memphis Grizzlies picked up LaMarcus Aldridge, would you be like, oh yeah, Memphis is a lock now. Lamar- they got LaMarcus Aldridge. No, you wouldn't. So why do we need to feel like this when it's the Nets? Yes, I understand that they're already overpowered with their big three. Look at the Lakers. Got LeBron, if I'm almost every NBA fan, the best player in the NBA. Okay, and then we have Anthony Davis, the best power forward in the NBA. And then you have Andre Drummond, who is one of the best centers in the NBA. Wow, that's crazy. But that's not overpowered. But what the Brooklyn Nets are doing, yeah, that that's too much. That's overpowered. That's just, they're getting way too much. Like, really? Can we stop this? Like, but whatever. That, uh, yeah. That's that. I mean, I, I don't know. It's one of those things where I guess we'll see. Like, the Nets have probably the best offense in the league. But the Lakers are all around the best team in the league with everyone healthy. And I, I want to touch on this a little bit. Got to poke fun at LeBron as much as I can. I found it really convenient that uh, his ankle sprain was so serious. But it happened at the same time that Anthony Davis is still needing to sit out. LeBron was losing a lot of games without Anthony Davis there. Now, I'm not saying his injury is fake. I definitely think he sprained his ankle, but a seven-week ankle sprain? Come on. Really? Are you sure he's not just taking a little more time so that he doesn't look bad when the Lakers are losing while he's still healthy? I don't know. Maybe. Conspiracy theory. That's me. I think that he didn't want that reputation to be ruined. He didn't want people to think he needs Anthony Davis to win. So, I mean, hey... Sit out, yeah, take your time, heal up. I'd rather see a healthy LeBron in the playoffs. I'd, I like to see you guys healthy. I hate to see injuries. So healthy LeBron for the playoffs is what an NBA fan wants to see. You know, it's competition. It makes the games better. So that's about all I have to say for today. Um, I don't know when this episode's coming out. I just put a poll out. Would you rather watch at night or in the morning? And like right now, it's kind of 50-50. So I might try doing every other. One episode, I might do mornings. One episode, I might put it out at night. So I'm going to try this one. I think it's going to be out uh, during the night. But yeah, if you're listening on Spotify, make sure to follow me on Spotify. Get notified when I put something out. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, uh, maybe hit that five-star. Give me a little five-star review, you know? Um, if you're listening on anything else, uh, I don't, I don't know what you're doing. I don't, I didn't know that people listen on those other platforms, but Hey, you do you. All right. Thank you for tuning in and uh, we'll catch you next time. See ya.